Welcome to this edition of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak. This week, we have ourselves a chat with Aaron McIntyre, one of the producers who brings you the very popular Steve Dace program. My chat with Aaron is next. First, let's talk about coffee. And the man this month's featured APR blend is named after, the incomparable Ronald Reagan, who, like all presidents, would receive letters in the mail from Americans who wanted to reach out and had something to ask or say to him. And many times, these Americans would actually ask for direct financial assistance from the president. And many times, Reagan would oblige by sending them personal checks. He attempted to help out poor Americans directly from his own personal checking account. I kid you not. Now, in 1986, an 11-year-old girl named Lisa wanted to help the homeless in her area, so she reached out to Reagan asking that he sponsor her in a charity event. President Reagan replied with a heartfelt note and a check for $50. As the story goes, the family kept the $50 check with the president's signature featured on it, and another $50 was sent to help out with the homeless. Now, this month, American Pride Roasters Coffee has been honoring Ronald Reagan, and in particular, his A Time for Choosing speech from 1964. That speech was a wake-up call for the country. And so is this powerful micro-lot blend of Colombian beans with its sweet yet bold caramel flavor. And there are so many flavors to choose from when it comes to the American Pride Roasters Coffee Collection. And I encourage you to check them all out when you head to aprcoffee.com. You can't go wrong. Uh, don't forget to use promo code ATM at checkout. That stands for at the mic. That promo code ATM will save you 10% off your entire purchase. That's aprcoffee.com. You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Aaron McIntyre is my guest for this week's conversation. You're probably most familiar with Aaron from his role on the Blaze TV's Steve Dace program. Well, there's much more to Aaron than that. And we get that conversation started right now on this week's edition of At The Mic. Joined today by Aaron McIntyre. You know him from the Steve Dace program on the Blaze Radio and Television Networks. Man, thanks for making time. I appreciate it. Yeah, glad uh, glad we can finally uh, sit down and, and chat. <laughs> We've missed each other a few uh-huh. times, but uh, been looking forward to it. Yeah, me too, man. Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to go to the beginning. You were born in Decatur County, Iowa. Yeah. I looked this up. It is the the bottom of the state down right at the border of Missouri. Mm-hmm. and uh, central Iowa, uh, down at the bottom there. And uh, tell us about Decatur County and what we should know about this place. You would think just driving through it, it's just another, like, and it is in a lot of ways, just kind of another Iowa County, very, very rural. But it is uh, it, it is rather a fascinating place. Well, first of all, we're kind of known as, um, the Decatur Countyans are, are known as the uh, the, the poorest uh, county in, in Iowa. So we've got huh. that going for us. But at the same time, we've got our own, you know, religious cult down there as oh, well. Oh, really? You've yeah, got one of a, those? There is a cult, and I'm not talking about what I'm about to say as well. There is there's also uh, one of the main, one of the main uh, universities or main, um, 
uh, kind of uh, headquarters for uh, an offshoot of the Mormon church is actually based really? in Lamoni, the town that I grew up in. So it was a good experience uh, being that, you know, we, li- we grew up in a town with a university. And so you kind of got some outside influence that there's a kind of a bigger world out there while uh-huh. maintaining uh kind of the innocence that uh, living and growing up in a rural space brings you. So, you know, that, that that's kind of the long and short right, of, right. of Decatur County, just kind of a strange dynamic. <laughs> wow. So wait, you, you said the name of the town you grew up in, Lamoni? Yeah, it's based on a, on a, on a king in the Book of Mormon called uh-huh. Lamoni. And as to my knowledge, you know, there's, there's, you know, uh, tons of, of Dallas, you know, cities named Dallas across even this country and mm-hmm. just basically any city. As far as I can tell, that's the only Lamoni in, in the entire uh, All right. in the entire world. Yeah, so, I did. I did see so that's that. That's special. Yeah, I did. I saw Stephen Decatur was the uh, the namesake uh, mm-hmm. for your county there. But I, I want to explore Lamoni for just a second here. Uh, what's the population? Like, what was it then and what is it now? <laughs> um, so it's been about the same, actually, on a good day. <laughs> Uh, around I would say 2500 okay. and that's when the, the college is in huh. is in session and seasons yeah, so, yeah okay. very small very small town all right very good um, so you're born and raised obviously in the state of Iowa do you have this weird I won't say it weird do you have this uh, inclination to despise all things Nebraska because it seems like because I went to school at the University of Nebraska and obviously there's that built-in Nebraska Iowa rivalry just between the states I'm not even talking about the the, the universities and football and all that good stuff that just kind of reminded me of the Alabama Georgia rivalry <laughs> uh, among uh, and I don't know what it is I could never get into either either of them i grew up in georgia and i just i I just wondered if you hate all things nebraska just by being born in iowa you're a nebraska fan aren't you that's where i went to school yeah oh wow okay i didn't i didn't even realize that yeah uh no no i i I don't i know a lot of people do but i I never really have (laughs) i never really have i grew up watching iowa state playing nebraska when they were still in the big 12 Uh uh i'd always I'd always cheer for Iowa State, you know, but I don't really have this built-in okay. animosity. All right. I will say, though, in the last five or six years after your former athletic director, I think it was Sean Eichhorst. Yes. I think he fired what was Bo Pelini uh-huh. after they beat Iowa. Yeah, that was a... And said, we need to take stock of where Iowa is as a program. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, and then <laughs> Iowa. I don't want to so talk that's about the it. So that's the only sore spot I really have with Nebraska. Okay, I got you. Okay. All righty. So I ask in that email that I send uh, before we do these interviews, I ask, you know, what's the biggest turning point in your life? And I want to visit this because interesting uh, answer here. Your first hourly wage job at a fast yeah. food joint. Yeah. I'm I'm intrigued. How that? Yeah, out? I was really I was the youngest person in my family growing up, and uh, so that that meant I got a lot. I got away with a lot of stuff, <laughs> and so that that made me pretty lazy. Um, but when I yeah, I was. I, mean, I didn't realize how lazy I actually was, but I was lazy. I was lazy. <laughs> At least lazy. you admit it, man. No, I was totally lazy, and I got away with it because I was the youngest person in the family. Okay. And uh, when you get older, when you get older, there are things that you want to buy, mm-hmm. and my parents were good parents, so they didn't just buy them for me. Mm-hmm. And you know, I realized the only way I'm going to be able to buy things or do things is if I get a job. So I got a job at this place called Made Right. It's spelled M-A-I-D-R-I-T-E. Okay. It's a really weird Iowa, I, I want to call it, it's called a tradition, but it's really, it's more like a fluke than anything. It's just this, <laughs> dis, they serve, they, they serve these disgusting, 
loose meat sandwiches. They're like sloppy <laughs> joes without the slop. Oh no! And so I worked there at at at, uh, at Made Right in Lamoni, mm-hmm. and uh, and that really opened my eyes. And I think it gave me some dignity as well as as jobs do for for anybody. And also helped me realize, hey, I'm in here like eight hours a week. And this sucks. Uh-huh. This sucks. <laughs> what my, you know, my dad has to go and work at the Hormel factory mm. for 40 plus hours a week, you know, inside freezing conditions every single night. And he's been doing that without complaint, without real complaint mm-hmm. my entire life. Just gave me a good perspective on things. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's why I would say that's probably one of the, you know, outside of my salvation, obviously, and in, mm. in belief in in Jesus Christ as my uh, as my savior, yeah, that's kind of the biggest turning point in my life, I'd say. So, what was your path then from making these sloppy joes to where you are today? Everyone uh, knows you on the Steve <laughs> Dace program. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I always had an interest in broadcasting when I was a really little kid, like seven or eight years old. I wanted to be a meteorologist because uh-huh. I, I always say it was kind of like my Batman thing. He was afraid of bats. I was afraid of bad weather. And, you know, living in <laughs> Iowa, that's not exactly a great thing, but it fascinated uh, me. Yeah. I wanted to be a meteorologist. And uh, I started listening to talk radio a lot when I was in high school and decided, you know what, this might actually be what I what I would rather do is is talk radio and, and radio in general. So I um I started listening to uh well I had been listening to this Christian radio station, had it on sometimes and I knew that they were affiliated with a private Christian school up in in uh, in the Twin Cities in in Minnesota, and so I investigated them and they had uh, excellent facilities. I thought I'd have some you know, opportunities to network there. Sure enough, I did. Mm. Um, while I was at school there, I uh, also um, got to meet through of uh, my brother-in-law. I actually knew him, uh, Steve, who I work for now, obviously, and uh, kind of maintained that relationship a little bit through college and out of college, getting my first job in the Twin Cities. And mm. so that's the... Um, that's kind of the long and short of how I got from, you know, uh, making these gross sloppy Joe type things to working for Steve. Yeah. Yeah. So explain to people, because I know that they want to know as fans of yours, they see you sitting at all that technical stuff. Mm-hmm. What is it that, like, can you walk us through a typical day for you? Because I know there's a lot of technical stuff involved. I, I'm sure that you put together the while we were away uh, mm-hmm. stuff uh, on your own, I would imagine. Um, tell us about your day. Yeah, so uh, typical day. So it used to be before um, before I had my son last year, I would yeah, actually congratulations, get in. Oh, thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I would get in around like 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, central time every morning and just start working on the montage or whatever it is that Steve needs for, you know, production or graphics or anything like that anymore though. I just, because of taking care of him, we moved about a half an hour away. I do a lot of my prep for, uh, what happened while we were away the night before. So I at least have some idea what I'm doing when I get in. So I get in about eight o'clock now around eight, try to try to get in around eight, start writing, 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 writing the montage. That's what takes the most amount of time. That takes yeah. me uh, between an hour and a half to two hours, sometimes even more, depending on how much I've done the, the night before. Once I have that all written out and in some sort of cohesive framework, then I just gather all the cl- clips and uh, screenshots mm-hmm. and things like that. And okay. the rest of the process only takes like 
half an hour, 45 minutes. So then uh, then the show happens. I start pushing buttons, uh, literally, metaphorically. <laughs> Sometimes I try to push Steve's buttons, too. <laughs> you and, did um, so well, too. <laughs> <laughs> show is over and uh, everything, as you know, uh, working for uh, Pat. Um, the show gets up as soon as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of... Uh, listeners get frustrated sometimes. <laughs> Fortunately, we just got an, and dude, and you will you will appreciate this as well. We just got the Blaze just sent us a, a brand new render computer, just de- oh, de- nice. designated to rendering the show. Oh, cool! And man, that thing is faster Fast, huh? than uh, oh. than 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 I've ever seen a, a computer go. So that's that's really cool. So that's that's helped uh, some cool. things. So cool. that's a really ten thousand foot view. I I do everything but uh, host and book the show, which okay. are you know two big jobs, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But most cliches are you know rooted in a, a grain of truth, even though I hate cliches, and I, I really am a. <laughs> Jack of all trades, master of none type yeah. of person. I, I, I mean, I could find myself uh, doing chroma keying one day or oh, wow. trying to troubleshoot, um, you know, some random box that we have or setting up a, a server. You know, I just whatever the job requires, I try to learn or force myself to learn how to how to do that. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that uh, this is true. If it's not, then stop me here. But I would imagine that while you're even when you're engaged in a conversation with the guys on the show, your brain is doing something else or you're communicating uh, some other way through, you know, a computer or something like that with Mm -hmm. some other people. So you're not just sitting there for the entirety of the show, having this conversation. Maybe, maybe that is what's happening, but I gather not just based on my own experience that, yeah, I'm totally engaged. Sure. Uh, but I'm (laughs) really, I'm, I might be talking to somebody in the TV room or in the radio room or chatting with someone online that's, uh, got some issue with the show going on. Yeah, no. And you, yeah, you would know, you would know better (laughs) than most, uh, that, uh, it's, you're not, your full attention isn't on the, on the topic at hand all the time. Yes, exactly. Uh, half of, just enough of it to you know, make you sound. So that was the that was a really nerve wracking part about being down in Dallas a few weeks ago. Oh, is that I didn't have all that stuff to do actually, and so there was no excuse for me to sound like a dummy. Because <laughs> um, now, if I say something really stupid, I can just chalk it up to oh. you know. Uh, yeah, I was working. On I've got yeah. I've got five other things I'm working on over uh-huh. here. You know, yeah. uh, excuse me. Yeah. When really I was just you know sitting on Twitter and uh, you know uh. doing something totally unrelated. <laughs> to my job. So. <laughs> yeah, 99% of the time, actually 99.99% of the time, I hear exactly what Pat says. And then, of course, there's that just little bit where maybe I missed a detail and end up repeating what he just said, or I, I say something that's already been said by Jeffy or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I was trying to keep the show on the air. Please forgive me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let's see here. Um, okay. Tell us about uh, your wife, Bella. Mm -hmm. You've been married for two and a half years. You guys have a beautiful child, Ben. Yep. First of all, where did you and Bella meet? We met on a dating app called Uh. Tinder. I'm just kidding. Uh, On a dating... (laughs) I was going to go with it, man. (laughs) (laughs) On a dating app uh, called uh, Hinge or Hinged. Okay. uh, Yeah, that's come up. Yeah, met in person, oh, probably about a week or so after mm-hmm. meeting online mm-hmm. and, uh, and just y'all really hit it off. Des Moines. Uh, yep, right? yep, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, she grew up here in Des Moines and uh, came back here from college and 
as a as a job as a as a nurse and so we we hit it off uh, really short uh dating period and mm-hmm. um you just knew engagement yeah we just knew That's and just what's the point in in waiting so yeah we got married uh back in december of 2019 and mm. She's a very, very awesome person, just beautiful uh, for for one thing, but uh, very capable individual, um, but also really fun as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I always tease her. I, 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 the moment I knew that she was not only just a sweet Bella uh, nurse at a local hospital here, one of the biggest hospitals here, uh, I climbed into her car one time and I saw a fuzz buster, like a radar detector. And nice. I'm like, wow. This girl, this girl's got a little bit of gangster in her as well. Nice, so that's she's, awesome. Yeah, she's uh, she's very cool. Uh, she currently <laughs> works actually overnight as a labor and delivery nurse at Iowa Methodist uh, West Hospital uh, here in in Des Moines. But uh-huh. um, she enjoys that. Uh, she has previously worked in kind of administration as well. Okay, but uh, she's awesome, awesome uh, as she is as a nurse and wife. She's even better as a great, as a mama too. So she uh, so cool. she takes care of Ben and uh, Ben tries to push her buttons uh, with <laughs> increasing frequency now that he's one year old. But um, uh-huh. yeah, he's he's a little goober as well. That's love, so love cool, that dude. Man, you know when you hear people make references to time, such as uh, for me. It used to be before 9-11, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And now it's before COVID. My goodness, you guys got in right under the gun as far as getting married and your life started before the world just collapsed in on itself. Yeah, I am an introvert and, um, you know, people who have listened to the show can probably tell as well that I like I like my kind of downtime Mm -hmm. away from people time. But even I, I'm not sure not sure how I would have responded uh, to COVID just with everything being shut down. I don't mean to sound melodramatic. At no, all, no, man. I but got it. Um, it was just a, a, just an obscene blessing that we were able to start our lives together. And I think providential mm-hmm. in some respects for both of us. I think she would say the same thing for her as well, yeah. that we were able to start our life together just literally a few months before that all went down. Yeah, Absolutely. So you've got a couple of hobbies that you point out here. A lot of people are getting into this. If I had any kind of talent with cooking whatsoever, I would absolutely be doing this. Smoking meat. My goodness, man. That's got to be fun, right? You just experiment with stuff? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I I find myself actually going back to the tried and true that I know I'm I'm good at. Mm -hmm. Um, I did do a... uh, my first brisket a few weeks ago, and it was not inedible, but it was not as juicy as I was I was thinking. And a lot of people that I've <laughs> talked to as well will say that with their first brisket as well. But I love doing pork. Pork is my favorite thing to smoke, uh-huh. uh, especially pork butts, because you get it's relatively inexpensive. You got to get a lot of really really good tasting meat out of that. So it's a lot of fun to experiment. I just did some uh, chickens, whole chickens, uh, a couple of weeks ago. That was good. Done ribs several times uh those are always good as well don't take nearly as long as uh you know a pork butt or larger cuts of meat uh-huh. but that's that's a lot of fun yeah yeah i will say another hobby of yours um you and i are of like mind as far as sports betting goes really yeah i would say that uh, like my biggest payoff mm-hmm. uh maybe it was like a ten dollar three or four team college parlay or something that turned into a few hundred bucks, right? Yep. But my best story, and I've told this on Pat's show, I'm pretty sure I've told it here on At The Mic at some point. Uh, It still hurts to this day. So I'm in Las Vegas, and (laughs) 
I put a $5 bet on a 13-team parlay. And oh, I remember wow. it being just winners. There's no point spreads involved. I'm, I, I tell this yeah, to people. Money line. Yeah, yeah, they don't even believe me. So anyhow, I'm like, yeah, it was just, it was just straight up. And so unfortunately, and I say it like this because of the way it turned out, unfortunately, I hit the first 11. So oh, no. if you get all 13, Aaron, you get $32,000. Yeah. I yeah. am. That's a life-changing amount of money. Especially considering it was, it was Labor Day weekend 2001, as a matter of fact. So I would have been 25 years old. Uh-huh. Yeah, it would have been absolutely. So so $32,000 is on the line. It, I'm at my, my stepbrother's uh, oh. wedding rehearsal. So the last two games are going on. It was UCLA, Alabama, Colorado, and Colorado State. And I'm not sitting in there where all the dinner is and all the good. I'm out there standing in the hall watching these games come down to the wire. <laughs> and, of course, I blew them both. Yeah. yeah, and so the 32000 becomes 320 becomes 32 bucks. I won 32 bucks instead of the 32000 So there you go. Oh, man. It, yeah, How is, about you, man? What is, you that, can, is, that is brutal. It was very oh. brutal. You, you – I don't know. I – if you get into degeneracy sometimes a little bit, you just have to mentally put like a, a nut cup on just because you are going to get kicked in the groin yes, over and yes, over and over well again. Said, yeah, I would say I, I've had several really nice payouts, like uh-huh. over 100 uh, to 100. And I think one that I did last year was 141 to one and I, a parlay that I bet. And what the way I do it, too, I bet on each leg games i'm really confident in uh-huh. and so even if i don't hit the parlay if i hit more than the uh number of legs plus one then i'm still making i'm still making money or uh-huh. still at least living to see the next day uh but last last college basketball season i did have a parlay i think it was like a 12 team parlay or something like that <laughs> that would have paid out like eighteen thousand dollars and i missed it by oh. one leg oh. now it wasn't even close. So that makes it a little bit better. So, yeah. you know, I'm over yeah. 160 points and there's like four minutes left in the game and they're at 145. I'm like, yeah, I get it. wasn't yeah. like that. Yeah, it, okay. it wasn't it wasn't even close. But yeah, you, you really you really have to hate losing, but you really can't uh, get emotional after you after you do, because that's when you get into trouble. But it is it's a lot of fun. My favorite leagues to bet are um, soccer college basketball and college football in that order just because the first two there are so many league soccer leagues out there it's hard for vegas it's hard for the odds makers to get a hard line same with college basketball as well yeah yeah and that's just it man when you get the first 11 right i i remember that uh the colorado colorado state game I don't remember it being close, but I was still holding on for that 320. And then there was like an onside kick with UCLA and Alabama that didn't go my way. And then I was just angry. Uh, but we keep coming back for more because we get so close to that, right? Yeah. So, okay. Have you ever spent time talking with, with Stu here in Dallas? Uh, because he is also into sports wagering, but he... His brain is much wiser than mine when it comes to figuring out how to cover your, yourself and make, you know, an extra bet, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, sure. I can't, yeah, I just, my brain doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have not. I didn't know, Stu. Boy, there's, I mean, degenerates yeah. everywhere. Here oh, yeah. On, oh, we uh, are. On we, TV. we are collected here. No, I, <laughs> no I, I've not, uh, I've not talked to him, but no, I've done the, the, the arbitrage thing. Um, if you do that too much, the books will kick you out mm-hmm. and not let you bet anymore. But uh, yeah, I've done that really? a couple of times. Yeah, it, it, arbitrage is a systematic. I guess that's maybe a little bit more 
uh, I guess that's overkill. Hedging your bets, though. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's what yeah. he does. That's what yeah. he does. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That That's exactly what it is. Hedging is bad. And uh, like, for example, every year before the NFL season starts, Aaron, I put 10 bucks on the Falcons that I know will be burned. I knew it was <laughs> going to be burned when they were up 28 to three. I just know. Right. I don't. I just do it because right. the if I do want the Falcons to win the Super Bowl, it'll be the year that I won't put some money on. Yep. Them, right. Exactly. So, but I also put money on teams that I think are are decent teams, you know, but still long shots because I'm obviously an addict. No. So I put 10 by, but no, I put 40. I forget what I put. Mm-hmm. I put 30 or 40 bucks on the Bengals last year to win the Super Bowl. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. And it's as close as I've ever been by far. Normally it's, yeah. you know, the lions or the Browns or something yeah. stupid. Uh, this year, by the way, the uh, secret sauce is going to be the New York jets. Uh, Really? Just so you know. Wow. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, so the Bengals, right? All right. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's Super Bowl week, and I'm talking with Stu, and he's telling me how to hedge this bet, how much I should put on the Rams a cover. Of course, I didn't, and of course, I lost it. But again, I have this story that I get to share with you of being so close. I don't have that big, uh-huh. awesome <laughs> yeah. story because I suck. All right, so... <laughs> That's the way it goes. I mean, it's just, it's it's exhilarating and frustrating all at the same time. And that's why people keep doing it. Yeah. That's why, that's why, that's why the, the odds makers in, in Las Vegas have those gigantic uh, buildings on the strip right. out there. Thank and we you. do not. There's a reason why the casino yeah. is so big and beautiful, guys. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's, but it's like golf. It's just like golf. We could play 18 holes. And mm-hmm. if we had one incredible approach on on one random hole... That shot is what we're going to remember and bring us back for more. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Exactly. So we are degenerates, but we do have a respect for C.S. Lewis. And uh, I have also read Screw Tape Letters, which you list as your favorite book that you've read. And yeah, it you're absolutely right. The way you describe it in the email, I mean, it gets inside your head and it's very mm-hmm. creepo- creepy. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. No. And that's, uh, I think that's effective when, when talking about the the spiritual world as well Mm -hmm. um not to caricature it not to overblow it as he says you know as as uh, one of the famous more famous lines from that book uh but uh to be aware of it to be aware of it to the point where you believe that it's right over your shoulder Mm -hmm. uh that that's kind of the most and, and frank peretti piercing the Piercing the Darkness, uh, or This Present Darkness, I don't know if you've read those books as well, mm. does the same thing. Shameless plug for my boss as well. His <laughs> his new movie based on uh, Nefarious Plot, his yes. book, which is an, a modern ode to the screw tape letters. I've read the script for that, and it does the exact same thing. And you get a really, really creeped out feeling uh-huh. uh, when you read some of these texts. Do we have an anticipated release date for a Nefarious Plot as a movie? Um, I'm not the guy to ask that, but <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you no. Okay. All right. Very good. But I, I, I think they, I think they have an idea when they would like to, but, uh, yeah. no, no, uh, no, uh, projected. Understood. Date. Understood. Yeah. Okay. So along that lines of screw tape letters and, uh, the, the creepiness of spiritual war- warfare, uh, in our midst, um, tell us about the most scared that you've been. And I mean, <laughs> You got to understand, you're talking to a Toyota guy, okay? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I've gone back and forth between Toyota and Honda. 
Yep. And right now, I'm upset with Honda, so I'm strictly Toyota right now. However, I'm just a little concerned that what you're about to tell me about, you said, it's a tie between two different driving experiences with two different Toyotas. Oh, no. What happened, man? So I I, uh, had a 95 Toyota Camry when I was in college. I bought it off my uh, aunt and uncle and loved that car. Uh Um, And my my scary experience isn't actually the two different times that the brake lines just gave out in the middle of traffic in Minneapolis. Those two times, those were scary, but they didn't like scare me the the way these other two experiences did. Okay. Um, So that's one thing. I was was heading back up to, to college up in the Twin Cities after visiting my family back in southern Iowa just so stupid i mean it's so stupid in in retrospect but um i didn't think it was snowing that badly Mm. this was after christmas break i didn't think it was snowing that badly so i kept the cruise control on Mm -hmm. i was passing through owatonna minnesota and i just lost control man i started fishtailing all over the road Mm. couldn't get it back under control ended up in the ditch and i'm like wow i'm lucky i'm lucky that i'm actually alive right now uh-huh i'm not getting back tonight though oh. dude i got pulled out of the ditch in like i don't know an hour and got back on the road and made it home that night uh, but oh. man i mean your life really does flash before your eyes in those uh, in those scenarios another one and the only reason i've never told this story publicly at all because my mom um listens to <laughs> To the Steve Dace show. Oh, don't tell And her this happened in her car okay. not too long ago. But don't tell her about at the mic. Don't, I'm not going to tell. I'm not, I, I hope she doesn't. <laughs> Nobody I, I, better tell what, your mom about this interview then. What is the statute of limitations for when you can tell your parents thing? Because I, I, I've been I, there. I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've actually, I did it recently. I'm 46 years old and it wasn't within the last year I told my mom about, uh, yeah, you remember how you guys said you're, you, I was going to have to pay for my insurance if I got... Uh, uh, two speeding tickets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know how I got the one, like, literally outside of uh, uh, the neighborhood in Scottsbluff, Nebraska, on my way to Lincoln? Okay, so you know about that one. Yeah, you don't know about the one, uh, like, three <laughs> months later, because I was able to do this deferral thing. Yeah, the cop oh, was wow. incredibly cool in that, yep. <sighs> boys and girls, look, you got a girl in the car, you're driving on the interstate from Scottsbluff, Nebraska, to Lincoln, Nebraska, in the middle of nowhere. You're going to go 100 miles an hour. Yep. You're just going to do yep. in your 87 Hondo Accord. And uh, and I got uh, pulled over in Keith County, ironically. And the <laughs> cop goes, and I, I will remember that uh, uh, New Year's Day by U2 was playing very loudly. Uh-huh. And so, <laughs> anyhow, um, he pulls me over. And uh, he's like, I'm going to write the ticket for 85. You obviously know you were going much faster than that. And I was like, yes, sir. And uh, and then he go, by the way, kids, it was a 55 mile. See, it oh, used wow. to be okay. 55 back in the day. Ugh. Yep. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to write it at 85 because if it's within 30 from the speed limit, you can just, you know, take a test and it won't go on your insurance and all this stuff. So I ended up taking this stupid test like, what color is a stop sign? You know, anyway. <laughs> so you pay 300 bucks to Keith County, Nebraska, and your parents never find out about it until, you know, 25, 30 years later. Right. And that's how that went. But anyway, I'm so sorry to derail this. I want to hear what, what your mom better not hear. <laughs> yeah. No, that's excellent. No, I was like, I, I remember in, in high school, along those lines as well in high school i was on my way to football practice one morning still waking up i go around this blind turn and i must have fallen asleep or something because oh, no. i look out i look up um out of my dad's pickup that i was using that he let me use i look up and there's just this 
there's this uh, mailbox, somebody's mailbox just flying in the air that oh, I had no. just hit. <laughs> no, no, And so I no. did the responsible thing and went in and and uh, told them and gave them my information uh, and then continued on to practice for which I was late. And then I had to run uh, sprints afterwards and, and all of that. But I didn't tell them till probably six years later that that, that, oh. that had actually happened. Didn't leave a mark on the, on the but anyway, yeah, wow. those statute of limitations. Yeah. I, I don't know what that is for, for parents. But anyway, a few years ago, <laughs> uh, this was back in 2019. Oh boy. Um, my third car after the, the Camry, so after the Camry, I got a Mini Cooper. The Mini Cooper went kaput after one one winter of being kept outside. Um, and so I got a Subaru Outback. Okay. Um, one morning I woke up. I could not find my keys to my Subaru Outback, Uh-oh. my main keys. Uh-huh. And so um, I was like, okay, whatever. I must have just... They must have just disappeared somewhere. I don't, I don't know. So I got my backup pair. Didn't think of anything of it. Two days later... Go outside. My Subaru is gone. It had been stolen. No. And so that's a long story. They found it. U.S. Marshals found it like 10 days later. And, you know, I got it all cleaned up. Insurance paid for all of that. But in the meantime, my mom was nice enough to let me use her Toyota Corolla. And she had been complaining about the brakes being a little sticky and a little weird. Uh And a lot of times for cars that old, I think this one was maybe 93 Something like that. A lot of times, you know, you want to take a look at the master cylinder. And so I, I decided just as a surprise for my mom, uh, I looked up how to do it. And I'm like, I could do that. On, on, you know, those Toyotas are so easy to work on. If it was any newer than that, I probably wouldn't have. But uh, I decided to replace the master cylinder for, for her. And I got that popped off. The old one popped off. The new one popped on. I had a heck of a time flushing the brake system, though. Mm. And so I just decided, okay, tomorrow... I'll just, I, it's got a little bit of breakage. And if, you know, I've done this before, I've done this before with my old uh, Toyota. I've done this before. I'll just use the emergency brake. Um, I'll, I'll use that to help to stop because that worked so well before. And it did. It did when my old one. So I uh, unwisely got up one morning, started driving the Corolla just through suburban Des Moines. It was a little bit rainy. Oh. I started going down this hill. I step on the brakes. It would not stop. It would not stop. So I start put, applying the emergency brake. And guess what, Keith? No. The emergency brake is only on one side. So what do I do in slick conditions? Uh, I start. I did two 360-degree spins no. in traffic. Didn't hit anybody. Ended up in the middle of the intersection. Oh. <laughs> Dude, I ended up actually, I think one, one 360 and then another 180. Because uh-huh. I ended up in the opposite, pointing the opposite direction yeah. that I was. And like nothing happened, I just put the car back in park and started driving back towards my apartment. Uh, but my life, again, uh-huh. flashed before me. So those are the two most scared moments. Oh, my that I goodness. Been. Yeah. yeah. Your mom is not on social media, correct? She's on She's on Facebook. Okay, that's she's fine. Not I'm on not Twitter. on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, no, this will only be promoted on Twitter, so don't worry. I'm just making sure I'm looking out for you, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I, I think I, I think our bases are covered as long as somebody doesn't tattletale on you. Yeah. Yeah, that better not happen. <laughs> yeah, or we're coming for y'all, whoever <laughs> yeah. does that. Okay, man, that is rough. Now, okay, so that obviously had to be embarrassing, at least right there in the intersection with all the people looking at you and, and all that yeah. good stuff. So, um, yeah. see, this is, a, this is a lame attempt at a segue into your most embarrassing moment, which you couple with interesting talents that you have so because you say these kind of go together and both have to do with 
escapades playing the violin. That's cool, man. You can play the violin, huh? Yeah, yeah. Right I on. thought, I, you know, I really thought in high school, and I, I just, I thought I was pretty good, and I was decent. I was better than than most. Uh-huh. But even after I was like not playing violin anymore, I was like, you know, high school were my glory days with the violin. I was actually really good back then, mm-hmm. and then I. This last year we were moving and I found some old recordings of myself in high school and you know, I I, I was not as good as I as, <laughs> the as same I thought thing. I was. I swear I, every recording you find of yourself doing fill in the blank, if you're anything like me, is like, oh, I don't remember <laughs> yeah. it like that. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't remember so when I filled this out, I don't remember what the second I don't remember what one is. I will okay. say I, I, I've played my violin at a Unitarian church just because the price was good. Uh, <laughs> it was really creepy. I've also yeah. played the, the aforementioned cult in Decatur County. Oh, wow. I went and played out there uh, just as a favor for one of the teachers at school. Uh, I, I'll just leave that there. That's That was really weird. Um, but the, the, the most embarrassed I've ever been. And, you know, you would think going into broadcasting, there are ample, ample um, you know, opportunities to speak for in, uh-huh. in terms of embarrassment. Yeah. You would think that, but uh, the most embarrassed I've ever been was actually in a rehearsal. And uh, the the small university in my hometown, I played actually in their uh, orchestra one, one season, one year, because okay. they would allow high schoolers to do that if they were, if they were good enough. Huh. We were doing Handel's Messiah and the Hallelujah Chorus. And if you're a music guy or you can kind of understand music, uh, the first violin part goes uh, D, A, B sharp, A. So, hallelujah. That's okay, that's yep. the part. Got it. I did D, A, B flat, A. And man, it stuck out like, it stuck out like a sore thumb. Mm. The, the director looked right at me and said, let's do this over again. Again, this is this is a rehearsal, but that is the most embarrassing yeah. uh, embarrassment I have felt in a in a singular moment. Because ever. yeah, you're probably thinking to yourself, they think I don't belong here now. I mean, that, what, they, <laughs> they, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, my gosh, I ugh, I can understand. Um, you mentioned playing football earlier. Was that yeah. back in high school? Then mm-hmm. that you played. Yep. Okay, what position did you play, man? So we played eight man. Yeah, love eight it. man football. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I played tight end my entire career. I played tight end my entire career. And then I played safety my first three years and then uh, linebacker on defense. So every player played both ways. And we were pretty good my junior year. Um, That was about the the best that I, you know, best success I've ever experienced. Uh Um, We beat the, we went to, we went to the playoffs. We ended up uh, beating the or being the only loss to the team that went that uh, went on to one win state, I should say, and uh, so that was a fun experience that year. We were terrible my <laughs> senior year, though. So. Oh man! No, no, okay, so since you basically played Iron Man, uh, <laughs> did you prefer offense or defense? Because if I ever played football, I would want to be tackling people, hitting people hard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I always looked forward to the opportunity to catch <laughs> touchdowns, and I only had a few touchdowns uh, and a lot of um, okay, you know, a lot of. Uh, um, two point conversions in my time, but defense was definitely my definitely my favorite, just because of that. that that's why you play football. That's why you, you play know? football. That's why you play to football. hit people mm-hmm. and get away with it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I love this. And your Amazon cart currently is um, an electric pressure washer and Thompson's water seal. Can I just real quickly say, 
if anybody has a leak in their house, and this was news to me when this happened to me, mm-hmm. I don't know, seven, eight years ago, it, the, the paint on Christmas morning was bubbling above the piano in our nice room. And anyway, you trace it back. It wasn't the shingles. It wasn't the window. It wasn't. It was the rock. And so there's this rock face on the, this one area of my house. And so every six months, I have to go up there and spray this clear Thompson water seal or else it leaks in there when a driving rain arrives. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there for yeah. anybody that may be struggling with a weird leak in their house. It could be the rock. <laughs> it could be a rock. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's strange. I I got the pressure washer with the idea that I'll, I'll use it a lot. And I have actually. Uh-huh. Uh, I've had it now for most of the summer. I've used it quite a bit. The main main project I've used it on so far is uh, pressure washing our deck and then the Thompson's water seal, obviously, for, for going over the deck. Mm-hmm. Well, So that's that's a really exciting story about what was uh, what was in my uh, my Amazon cart at one point. Yeah, that's what I was going to Yeah, your Amazon cart there. Yeah. Um, I tell you, man, it, it's, it, there's, it's no fun adulting. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah. I'll say that, you know, because our Amazon yeah. cart isn't a bunch of fun stuff. It's practical stuff. Yep, yep. yep. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, uh, I know people uh, should follow you on uh, your Twitter account, Dace Producer, uh, D-E-A-C-E, Dace Producer. Uh, you're the man that gets Steve Dace uh, on the air for Blaze Radio and Television. Um, I appreciate you making time here. I'm sorry we didn't cross paths when you were in Dallas. Of course, the the one time that uh, you guys came down here, I was out of town. So my apologies (laughs) for that. I screwed that up. But thanks for joining me remotely from Des Moines. Uh, Aaron McIntyre, anything that that we need to cover here that uh, we haven't? I don't believe so. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad we were finally able to yes. finally able to connect. Uh, it's uh, it's been fun chatting with you. I did not know that there were so many degener- degenerates, I should say, at oh, the yeah. blaze. And oh, so yeah. I'm, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to reconnecting on uh, on that topic, uh, <laughs> especially in the near future. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, man. Uh, Aaron McIntyre, Steve Dace program, joining me here for at the mic. Thanks so much, sir. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Keith. Have a good one. And it was such a pleasure getting to better know Aaron. Uh, Such a nice guy to talk with. And if you weren't familiar with him before today's chat, you should go and familiarize yourself with him and the show that he produces. That's the Steve Dace Program, D-E-A-C-E. It's available on Blaze TV. And in fact, it's available wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. So how convenient is that? And, you know, since you're done with today's episode of At The Mic, I give you permission to go and listen to Steve Dace and the crew right now where you will hear Aaron featured often. Now, next week, I'm going to sit down with a guy that I first came to know and love through the pop rock band, The Connells. I don't even know how to describe them. College rock band? I don't, I don't know. The Connells lead guitarist, George Huntley. And this is, uh, this is a real treat for me. Of course, I enjoy all the conversations that I have. That's no lie. But this one I was particularly looking forward to, and it doesn't disappoint. Next week, George Huntley is my guest, and I do hope you will check out that conversation as well. Well, until that next conversation, I would, as always, be so grateful. If you haven't had a moment to rate and review this podcast, please do give it five stars over at Apple iTunes or Spotify. You can always send us a note through the website at themikeshow.com. And there's also the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at the mic with Keith. 
your subscribing over there appreciated and helpful. Please do help this podcast grow uh, in audience size by making more people aware that we're out here providing good conversation. And, you know, tell somebody that you like about this podcast or, you know what, even someone that you don't like. Maybe after they listen, they'll appreciate this show so much that they'll actually start liking you. It's worth a shot. Anyhow, above all else, until we chat again, I do hope that you will go be free. And thank you for listening. This has been At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Head to atthemikeshow.com for archived episodes, sponsor information, and ways to connect.